So yesterday I was trying to wonder why I chose this preposterous topic. And then I recollected the reason why I chose it, making it a little easier. <laughs> and the reason was that we were reading Savitri Book 10, Canto 4, at the end of which we see that death dies. And I uh, remember people sometimes ask questions like, well, death has, been, has already died, then why do we die? Well, uh, of course, at uh, one level the question is puerile because death of death in principle and death of death in practice, uh, there is a big gulf between the two. And what has happened in principle, this victory has to translate in each one of us and collectively for sections of humanity uh, as we move along the path shown to us by Savitri. So, for even for a moment, at least... Uh, to me and I am sure to many others, there is no doubt that we one day this conquest is inevitable because it has been won in principle. It's much like the Mahabharata war which was already decided when Draupadi's uh, uh, Chiraran took place in the Kuru Sabha. It was already decided that the Karvas and all those who support them are going to die. But they continued to rule for many years and all kinds of things happened. And then the 18-day Gori war when Sri Krishna says it's already fixed match. So, uh, similarly, when Mother spoke about um, seeing the freedom of India, uh, almost 32 years before the actual manifestation took place and still a fractured freedom. It will take uh, maybe another, who knows, 10 years, 20 years, uh, before the whole thing comes back again in the way she has seen it. So, uh, there is always a time gap between the vision of the seer uh, the declaration of the avatar and its manifestation in humanity. So it's like the edict has been signed and then slowly down the line it passes and as it passes uh, we will notice some changes which are taking place. One of the changes that we actually see today is that at least man has begun to conceive that there is a possibility of immortality. Uh, this is very interesting and we'll come to it uh, just in a moment. But before that, let us see what, have been, what has been the effort of man towards in this direction. Um, man is an incorrigible seeker. See, unlike animals who accept their nature. Uh, human beings who say this is natural and that's how it is, uh, it's not yet worthy of our humanity. Because man is born to transcend nature, to master nature, to conquer nature, to even alter nature, all kinds of things. Because with humanity, this urge to conquer nature is born. So it marks our humanness. So we see that famous story of Yudhishthir where he is asked by Yaksha who is none else but the lord of death as in the form of Dharma who asks him which is the most surprising thing upon earth. And he says, in fact not upon earth, Kimasharyam, it's just a moot question. So he says that every day we see people die and yet we believe that we are immortal. So as always the story can be interpreted in different ways. One is a very illusionist way that look here, you know, everybody is going to die. Why do you want to seek immortality? So Yama came to just remind us, look, you are going to die. But the other sense, which is much more deep and profound and more instinct with what we normally wish and aspire for, is that we carry within us the sense of a secret immortality. That's how the life divine begins. Its very first uh, sentence, revealing sentence about the human aspiration. What is it that we seek? Bliss, truth, the sense of a secret immortality, the Godhead within. This is freedom, this is man's urge. 
and he explores it in various ways one of the ways uh, as we see in one of the earliest uh, epics uh, i think it may be one of the really the earliest epic the sumerian story of gilgamesh where um, he is a superhero not the marvel comics the original superhero who actually strives for immortality when he sees his friend die so he is moved by this idea of death exists and he is a superhero he is capable of great things but he realizes that one day this body is going to die so he tries various means through it's a long epic of an adventure he undertakes to meet a sage who have survived the great flood like our king satyavrat so he asks him that you know i want to conquer death is it possible you have conquered death it seems he says well but the condition is um, difficult what is the condition he said that you know you have to keep awake for 6 days and 7 nights i don't know maybe nowadays a lot of people come to me with insomnia maybe who knows what's happening <laughs> it's <laughs> naturally man is being led towards uh, whatever it is it's a very significant thing meaning thereby sleep is a state of unconsciousness if we conquer unconsciousness we move towards conquest of death as long as there is unconsciousness in us we cannot conquer death so this is the whole you know even the image of nataraj dancing on apsmar who is the asura of unconsciousness is that image so he is mahakal nataraj he changes time but he dances he cannot destroy unconsciousness it is below his feet he can paralyze him contain it uh, put him in a confine him but he cannot completely destroy so this uh, gilgamesh story ends in a, on a slightly positive note uh, he finally he can't achieve there are a lot of events which happen let me not go into it but eventually he reaches a place where he sees beautiful marvelous creations but he doesn't know who has made it so he it's a like a revelation that we can become immortal through our work so that's the minimum immortality which you know we all are aware of you know vyasa valmiki homer dante and virgil and many others are immortal simply because of their work they 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 continue to live and be very real to us simply because of the kind of creative art and so also with michelangelo and da vinci and the wonderful architecture and the temples you see down all over uh, you know the world the paintings and even less than that a step closer we like to be if we can do nothing of all then of course uh, human beings are given one chance to kind of keep something of their alive and that is through extension in another creature the child the teacher through the students it's not necessary to have a physical progeny but physical progeny is one way that the genetic pool continues so this this kind of basic sense of immortality is given to us and of course the teacher in the students and the master through the disciple continues his consciousness extends in them and through them and continues to do its working so that's the whole meaning of the gotra that through the lineage of the rishis um, or the luminous tribes that we continue to carry on that legacy and the work which sometimes is a burden also but it's the task given to us so gilgamesh story ends with this thought which we all know that we can become immortal through something which we can do which which will outlast the stride of time but obviously it's not an easy task everybody is not born to be a vyasa or a valmiki so there are other ways also humanity has tried the second one is the scientific way and it's epitomized in cancelling all the possibilities through which death comes 
so we have the famous story of hiranyakashyap where he asks for a boon that neither morning nor night nor this weapon astra shastra man or beast or creature god knows everything he asks neither by malaria dengue anything is you know his list is very big and uh, Brahma says, "Okay, conditional immortality I can give you, but it's conditional. Conditional means one day you will die. And sure enough, death comes uh, wearing the mask of a strange creature. So Shubhendu says that even if physical science conquers all the outer means, still death will find its door because there is a purpose in it. Even if all the and that's very obvious. Even if you we conquer all the uh, you know." diseases that we can imagine including genetic diseases uh, we still have accidents we still have poisoning and even if we conquer accidents and poisoning surely human beings will end up killing themselves this is something you know <laughs> that's how humanity is how do you change because unless the consciousness changes death will find its door it will knock and make anyone its instrument but physical science which is still far from understanding consciousness perspective is trying and it is trying various things i'm sure many are aware of it uh, for example they are talking about cryogenics is old stuff where you keep the dead body in uh, buried for a long time in cold uh, extreme cold temperature hoping one day you'll wake up technology would be advanced and you can change things then people believe through organ transplantation people can continue living uh, the third method which is very uh, fantastic is that you know you can download your upload your mind into <laughs> some machine yeah, these are serious things people are actually thinking and then that mind will can control any machine or any body or many bodies simultaneously so it's like an information package and just like you do in a computer or a chip so it it can be uploaded and downloaded and it's not far from the realm of possibility that way the day we know the mind and matter inf- interface and how to take away this information and reboot it onto you know maybe through ai it's possible it's not something impossible there is also nanotechnology and many things in that direction which are taking place but that is not the issue because um, recently some whatsapp was going even 3 months back some people oh people can live for 150 years uh, great going mother and shivindu's vision is coming true well it's more likely an asuric idea of immortality where you don't change inside and it's dangerous see ashwatthama's immortality is a curse because uh, imagine you know one is immortal physically but the consciousness is the same full of uh, greed and anger and fear uh, imagine a tyrant becoming immortal what it will mean to earth and humanity imagine a person who is greedy becoming immortal physically so that's not the direction in which eventually through which the real answer will come but science will try it and yet just as the lord brings good out of evil some good will come out of it one good is that at least man has begun to accept the possibility of immortality and pushing off age this is a great good because very often the idea of number of years we live is fixed by the it's like a norm collectively you know when when i was a child i remember 60 years is a retirement age so you know if you cross that 65 70 was considered a decent life but if you go back into 50 years back people who crossed 50 were regarded as someone you know good it's worth celebrating but if you go back to the age of mahabharata 
108 years old, Krishna Krishna is fighting the battle and Arjuna is 70 with his Gandhi V is fighting the battle. It was the norm. And tomorrow, maybe it's a question of shift in the mind that 100 years is normal. Now, once we have 100 years is normal, then we won't look at 110, but we'll look at 200. Because that's how, you know, our mind works. That's the Bata people know it very well. So when they prize a chapal or shoe, they'll make it 199. Now ask them why, because 200 will look much. But 199 is okay. <laughs> it's, so there is an aspect of this science that once we begin to understand that well, um, we are not genetically programmed for 85 or whatever, we can live longer. And probably, the not probably, invariably, the genes will begin to operate in that way. This is coming up more and more. And the second advantage of this scientific study will be that we will at least be able to prolong physical life. Now, prolonging physical life becomes necessary as a first step towards immortality. Because sometimes we need a long time to work out all the processes and human lifespan is too brief. Uh, by 60, we get to know how to live. But it's too late. Mother says by 80, life blossoms. So, you know, she could. <laughs> she started this amazing project called Auroville. I often wonder that, look, only the divine can conceive like this, that in 1968, when uh, physically she is 90, she could initiate a township. I am not aware of such a thing happening anywhere in the history of, uh, you know, entrepreneurship. And it's quite an example that she is starting something extremely new. And this idea has been sown long back when she was a child. But she nurtures it, keeps it and at one point manifested. So this is uh, one advantage of at least keeping this idea alive that man can conquer age and man can become immortal. This idea itself is wonderful. It should seize the collective imagination of the race. Then there is the third approach to immortality which is uh, of course the uh, way that Shurabindu eventually takes and brings it to its uh, fulfillment and it's the approach in the Vedas you know Vedas if we see what the Vedic rishis were actually seeking it is immortality uh, Shurabindu seeks brings perfection but uh, perfection is something different it's roundedness not just immortality immortality is one angle and there we find for the first time very luminous hints Shobindu speaks at length about it and um, these hints are there in a uh, couple of stories. One of the stories which um, uh, about one of the gods, we don't normally hear about this god. We hear about Agni, we hear about Varuna, Indra, Mitra and you know even Ariman, um, Soma of course, but Ribhus. And Ribhus are very interesting gods because they are known as artisans of immortality. They actually build immortality. What is their function and how they are born? The story is very interesting. They are born as their divine forces, the rays of the sun, which take a human birth. So their father is Sudhanva. It has been wrongly uh, interpreted as Dhanus, so, you know, bow. But Shurabindu clarifies Sudhanva doesn't mean a bow. It means a desert. He is, of course, philology, he's Sanskrit. So they are powers of light which enter into matter and out of matter they emerge. So, when the human mind arrives at a state of luminous mentality, the mind becomes filled with light. That is the time when actually the building of immortality starts. This is how the whole legend of Ribhu goes. And there are three brothers, Ribhu, Vibhu and uh, uh, Vaja. 
so uh, they have a little different name but they are all i mean different actions but more or less they are regarded as uh, ribus ribus uh, in general uh, in english uh, or in english hindi also ribu means all the three so one increases the luminous mentality the knowledge aspect but true knowledge not a intellectual knowledge but a knowledge which is formed by the inpouring of the light a luminous mentality uh, the gritam the luminous mind is formed inside matter while one is born in a mortal way and second the vibhu is as the word indicates all pervading then this which is formed in the mind it begins to work in the heart in the nerves in the life impulses in the very body and the third is varja where he brings plenitude makes it increase more and more so we don't stop at the rays we climb further and further and reach up to the sun so it's very interesting that these uh, gods uh, build chariots a very amazing legend uh, they build um, horses for uh, indra two horses indra is divine mind but divine mind cannot directly act so they have to build passage within the human brain and the system so that indra can act otherwise that force if it acts within the human system it will break down we see in savitri that repeatedly even ashupati is told and subsequently savitri is told that you know uh, i am the inviolable ecstasy i am that fire uh, but to immense my danger and my joy truth born too soon might break the imperfect earth so ribhus gradually build the horses so indra can enter into uh, through this luminous mentality thought speech all these are works of the ribhu through which indra can enter and slowly take hold of the system otherwise instead of becoming immortal it can be a total breakdown of the whole system then for ashwins ashwins now act on the vital energy they are the god physician of the gods so they work on the nervous and the vital uh, vitality and the nervous system so for them again he builds chariots so they have to come so again the nervous system is tuned we all know that when illumination comes in the beginning uh, people can actually completely lose track and the nerves can get even shattered um, that's why you know all yoga should be with a like they give this warning no danger sign and this may lead to breakdown <laughs> breakdown shubhendra is the only one who speaks about it otherwise people say come 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 i'll teach you yoga and you know seven day crash course and 14 day crash course obviously uh, in 14 days all that we can uh, get is probably some feel good factor sense of well being but true yoga is a deeply engaging event and of course it's delight and it's danger both you know one has to accept the danger then one gets the delight so ribus build that then again they work for other gods but their most interesting work is which has practical bearing because they are helping man they are formed within humans and they help mankind to grow into light so the gods don't like it they say human beings will become immortal they'll become like us so you see jealousy is not only found on earth so they they um, try to you know dissuade him or various techniques they try in the end they give him a test so test is given by twastra twastra is is a another god who builds all the forms he says you are artisans so i am your boss actually so you do one thing i have one cup you make four cups out of this very fascinating legion if you can make four cups perfect cups then uh, you can be one of the gods so you know uh, 
ribus are born human but they are become one of the gods they take share of the prasadam which is you know offering so but they have to pass this test so uh, as the story goes ribu makes four cups and perfect cups so all of them say very good from one cup is given to indra indra drinks drinks his famous soma then another to another god maruts the ashwin and finally tostri himself and says you have passed the test uh, 100 out of 100 and you know now you can be as the god now what are these four cups very interesting tostri first fashions the human body all the bodies material body so it's something like virat what we have been reading in our virat is also known as tostri in some of the legends so he fashions the bodies this is the first cup but this cup cannot hold the wine of ananda so the test means just by the physical body the physical man the physical consciousness of man who is indulging only in the physical life he cannot he is not ready so actually it's not a test but a deep legend if you really want to build immortality you must equally build in him other layers which can hold the wine so the second cup is the vital and the third cup is the mental and the fourth is the causal so all these must become vessels of that nectar you know we have this often this story about nectar of immortality the elixir which everybody is searching though it is right inside us the bliss as shobindo you know addresses savitri the divine mother this way o bliss who ever dwellest deep hid within while men seek the outside and never find meaning thereby as long as we are seeking pleasures outside we are not a candidate for this elixir so this is the first non starter you know like they have these test uh, nowadays um, what all these singing song and dance competitions so the people come at at the first level rejected so uh, you you are seeking pleasure forget about it come come later on next uh, season you can come <laughs> so <laughs> that way and why it's a, it's rejected not because god is a sadist we don't understand the plan but pleasure means um, uh, we don't need a strong nervous system to experience pleasure and thrill already nature has built it animals has you know can feel pleasure thrill momentary thrills uh, so we need a strong nervous system body and mind to drink the soma otherwise the body will break down so the um, in the vedas it is described this elixir of uh, immortality is soma and how to procure soma it gives a very elaborate process that you take a stone and crush the uh, wine grape you know actually there is a plant called soma and if you read um, medicine psychiatric medicine they will say no 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 it was some like something like cannabis or some barley plant and out of it they extracted the juice but it's significant image about this um, force of life which you slowly extract delight out of it so soma is extracted slowly and then it has to be filtered all that is described elaborately somebody can start a distillery based on that it has to be distilled you know rectified spirit but here it this spirit actually name is very symbolic no spirit spirit uh, i remember a little joke in the ashram when uh, our money ban had come so she was a young girl and she saw on the notice board within few days uh, spirit is available or something so she said what a advanced ashram this is <laughs> you can go and 
apply for spirit and get it prosperity you can get spirit <laughs> of course that's the other spirit so sometimes it's very symbolic that you have the name spirit which is ananda and you have the name spirit which is a degradation <laughs> these are poor like you know puna i'm sorry if people take offense but i have studied in puna puna used to be known as uh, rich, poor man's bombay so when whenever we go on holiday and people ask me uh, how is puna i would say it's like bombay i had never been to bombay that time eh, bombay jaisa hai not knowing that bombay is very different you know <laughs> actually puna is better um, if you ask me <laughs> so this is of course this is a poor man substitute because he cannot do all this even people who are addicts are actually seeking for that and it's extremely deficient vitamin b bliss not vitamin b of that b12 fame and vitamin l love which brings ananda they are missing in human system so people seek it through all these means so this um, when the filter is actually the again the mind the luminous mind which lets it strain step by step it must come through the mind if it acts directly on the body without this filtration it can create chaos in the system so it strained and then it comes so soma how does it help to prepare the patra and you know it shows beautifully the god's scheme of things so this um, vessel is soma tells um, that you know you have to bake the vessel vessel and make it strong then you can pour soma into it so what is this baking the vessel it's applying heat it must be heated and the only two ways that heat is generated in the human system either when he faces obstacles to his desires when you know you have all these anger and frustration this is a very lower way it meaning thereby by suffering through constant suffering over a long time the patram becomes ready or the simpler way through the heat of tapas and it is tapas when it bakes the vessel then it becomes strong so these are the two routes that mankind can choose if he wants to be a candidate for ananda now it has many interesting ramifications it means if life has never been touched by pain means we are still in the discarded lot not yet picked up for ananda <laughs> so it can mean that it also means um, the greater the suffering Uh, the greater the ananda which is being prepared nice food is being cooked we just need to wait uh, what it does not mean is that we should seek suffering to get ananda that it doesn't work like that <laughs> shubindo says that don't worry it will come as your share um, don't seek it that is something perverse uh, but if we allow if we allow that's why experiences of life that's how in fact the vedas say that human being should go through experiences of life because they make uh, the patra ready uh, how do experiences of life make him ready because you experience suffering it's so strange when mother was asked that you know when we encounter human love what we should do she says go through it that is the best preparation <laughs> you will discover <laughs> what it means and you will be ready for that delight of course she says there is another way to go through it by loving in the true way without expectations without anything then you will touch the core of divine love so there are two approaches to making this jar ready jar here is the physical body the mind the heart one is to go through suffering school of suffering so all this theory about karma and all this goes into the dustbin the way we understand there is no god as judge sitting out there with his carrot and rod in his Uh, you know one hand carrot and the other hand rod and constantly condemning us or 
ticking the right boxes and the wrong boxes obviously uh, even human beings are more compassionate uh, but if he allows us to go through suffering that's what we are reading also death is a mask it's only because he loves us intensely even if he created hell like dante said you know if he created hell he must have created out of hell out of love and shurbindo immortalizes dante in one of his aphorisms he says dante was more right when he said that if he created hell it must be an act of my beloved because he knows he loves us perfectly and it's a process of purification so when we look at life like this we are very happy that whatever we may be going through at the end of the 13 year vanvas of the pandavas and the gori war there is ultimately krishna and the geeta and the kingdom so this is the of course not the outer kingdom but the inner conquest so it we have to go through life and that's why equanimity endurance all these are process of yoga derived from this vedic truth that we have to prepare ourselves second is by the tapas by the power of agni so now apart from ribhu and soma the third uh, god who comes in the veda who is actually the first is agni because vedas don't want us to go through suffering the vedic rishis don't want us to go through that so they invoke agni as the first deva you come and what does agni do he is as the name suggests ag he makes us move forward what does he do he is like a shining flame he builds the luminous mentality what does he do he purifies the lower nature he throws away the dross burns it away so this fire of aspiration in our yoga we call it the fire of aspiration it's the divine will divine energy and there are three places where this divine energy is there and with it is the power to conquer death it can really shape the vessel for the ananda so one place is in matter below matter and actually if we see pure physics actually you cannot destroy matter we destroy forms we don't destroy matter it changes into energy it can take another form matter is indestructible because in matter is the divine energy which is at the base which takes various forms at the last it takes the form of material energy so it's the home of the fire you can't destroy it and it's such an intense fire shubindu speaks of that and all those who practice kundalini yoga know it that when this energy awakens from matter from the depths of matter uh, it's described in the vedas in various ways the rock is stone and this energy rises it can again throw the system out of gear in this yoga also it is awakened but from upside down movement so this is important that you know the center should open but and matter and material consciousness and physical body should be able to bear the descent of this tremendous uh, will and energy and power and light of the divine the second place where we find this uh, um, alchemist energy or the philosopher stone uh, as it is called in greek um, yoga is uh, in the center of the heart in the cave so this must be awakened and the flame of aspiration prepares the nature and this flame as it spreads into the mind it brings spontaneous wideness and plasticity in the heart it makes the heart wide and ready for the sweetness and love of the divine it destroys selfishness um, all our nature spontaneously tunes to god all emotions gave themselves to god that's a beautiful description how it works to create immortality within us um, and we can actually see it in everyday life see um, we experience so many emotions anger and fear and all these things uh, 
most of these emotions are transitory unless we are possessed by them that's why when somebody is angry the best thing it to do is just to stay quiet <laughs> don't argue wait for some time anger by its nature unless the human being is completely you know given in so badly uh, that it's possessed by some force otherwise it cannot last by its nature the human system after a while it goes away and then you feel bad unfortunately it's too late sometimes because uh, an arrow if it hurts the body you can give tetanus injection and go and soothe it put some sophromycin but uh, arrows released through words can go very deep <laughs> so but anger doesn't last very long all these emotions but this one emotion which can last very very long it's the emotion of love and if you make it true love it can outlast time that's how it's it's that capable it can last beyond the changes ups and downs of the body of course this not what as shelly said not what men call love but this energy if it can be released from the heart by the working of this flame the true love it automatically cleanses things and it brings in that ability to sustain it is it has the it is it carries with it the immortalizing nectar love brings beatitude and love brings ananda so if one is not happy it means there is lack of love in life psychologically and uh, this lack of love cannot be uh, filled by something outside us uh, because outside it becomes very temporary then we become dependent we cling to some place like you know all these people who go every day to to the mekhana to the bar to drink that little bit of that whatever it is wine or beer or whatever but when you are tuned to the inner then you don't need it so in pondicherry that's why two things are famous wine and divine and the divine doesn't you know wo nasha utarta nahi hai it continues so whenever you feel a little dip or low pick up sabitri few lines recharge drunk <laughs> uh, in 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 delhi we had a group of anand ji is there i think i somewhere saw him uh, myself dr anand and uh, three three four others we used to go and <laughs> read um, uh, life divine and sabitri and uh, different days different things and um whoever's hand it was especially anand ji he would not pass in to pass on to the other and we were waiting eagerly when he will pass on his turn is over we all want to share from that you know um, wine wine of ecstasy so people used to ask me they where do you disappear every evening air force doctor i said i go to have my own drink he said but in air force we get very nice wine all good quality cheaper as yeah but the one which i am addicted to you don't get it here <laughs> and beside i have friends so we drink together you know so it's but so true the moment this love is born here you don't need anything outside because love awakening in the heart brings beatitude and brings the wine of ananda which is the immortalizing nectar you see that's why when people love they forget to die and they don't want to die this is the beauty no because you are in love even at a human level this is so true even of human love leave aside that love you know which uh, one is in ecstasy then life and death has no meaning you know like that famous thaiya thaiya you know bole shah sings that teri talwar ke niche mein nachiyan karke thaiya thaiya 
I dance below your sword, even though you are cutting every piece of my body and every drop of my blood is singing ecstasy and glory because you enter into a immortal state of immortality. Love brings that automatically because it widens. And then of course, the third is the superconscious, where home of truth, where we have the uh, supramental realm. So these are the three places where we find this Agni, which can transmute this vessel and prepare it for the holding of the immortalizing nectar of Ananda. Now, here comes a very interesting catch. Uh, in Savitri, we will see two lines, two words used. Immortality and deathless. Now, it, it sounds the same, but there is a difference. Immortality is a state of consciousness. The Vedic Rishis entered in that state. What is immortality? It says, it's like gods are immortal. Supramental truth, by its nature it is immortal. The psychic being is immortal. When we discover and become one with these things or beings or powers, then we share in that immortality. So that's why we also have in our scriptures something called as conditional immortality. There is conditional immortality in a certain state of consciousness or in a certain domain of being. Like Bali is immortal in the underworlds. Uh, only once a year he is allowed to come. So he comes to survey his kingdom and we celebrate Onam that time. You know, He comes once a year. Hanuman is immortal. Why? Because that part in him which was a bhakta of the Lord, that is immortal. So wherever there is Ram Katha, it is said Hanuman comes there. You know, because Hanuman has a conditional immortality. He can manifest wherever there is bhakti because of his tremendous bhakti for the Lord. He carries that stamp of immortality. Sugriva as the servant of the Lord. Narada again as the divine messenger because he has been a messenger of the divine. So probably Narada is a demigod. He is born. Um, there are two stories about him. One is that he never knew human birth. Second is he had a human birth and he grew into a demigod. Now... He is immortal, one of the immortals. Why? Because he is a divine messenger. Constantly because he has been messaging. He is the hub through which you have the SMS. Any SMS to divine seems to go through Narada. So now Narada, because constantly he is to and fro, back and forth. It's, it's wonderful to be a divine messenger. You know, Nalnida used to carry the, the very sweet little story. When Shurvinda would send Savitri, uh, the first few lines, uh, he would send to Amal Kiran. And it would be enclosed in a <laughs> nicely in an envelope. <laughs> he didn't want anybody to read it possibly. And Nalnida used to carry uh, divine postman everywhere. Um, so he would go to Amrita, uh, to uh, Amalda. And when he would give, Amalda says, uh, he would wait for a while, quizzically looking at me. As if waiting that maybe I'll open and tell him. <laughs> what is so special which is coming, you know? He used to ask Shirobindo that, please send me an example of overhead poetry. And Shirobindo would delay, delay, delay. One day suddenly he sends some lines, the very first lines of Savitri. That's how Savitri was disclosed before the world. It was the hour before the gods awake. So, it's marvelous. He said, here are some lines of overhead poetry, if you like. <laughs> then of course, those marvelous lines in the issue where he describes the Divine Mother. Book 1, Canto 2. It's a marvelous, uh, uh, amazing line, you know, lines. So, uh, that is how he, uh, you know, would create uh, the messenger, the divine messenger. So, this is a conditional immortality, which is a part of the being, which shares some touch of the soul or some touch of the light and that becomes immortal. 
it it's quite likely that someone like swami vivekananda uh, in the mental world is immortal that's why that's how he continues to help people and shorbindu speaks of it when in the jails swami vivekananda came and projected and showed the way to supermind so shorbindu was asked was it uh, um, the whole of swami vivekananda his soul or what so he clarified that it was a part of swami vivekananda most likely is mental part because it was so open and it would remain mother speaks of even the hands beethoven's hands and hands of some great musicians because they are so those who have received the inspirations right from above or from the depth they become so conscious so much close to these soul element that they become almost immortal and they would come to mother when she would draw the celestial yearnings and the higher notes these hands would come and say please please allow us to <laughs> play through you because you know it's a great glory and she would accommodate that okay okay fine you are allowed when she would play the organ music it was many fold action so there is another aspect of it that there is a conditional immortality which is like a mental personality uh, we have this example of amrita who when he left the body he asked the mother that i want to continue uh, my vital to continue and help others so he did want to merge in that pavitra uh, da fully available with the mother and she says that sometime when someone comes with some mathematical issues he is there very keen to you know speak so there are various kinds of immortality which are possible when this divine energy this divine will this agni begins to touch and shape the vessel depends upon which part is open usually it is the mind as we see in the vedas the ribhus and all of them they first work and create a luminous mentality so indra has to work but the last immortality the physical that is the ultimate it cannot come just by scientific manipulation it is the final conquest and it is important why it is important because it is the final stamp of the spirit's victory over matter so we should not be satisfied only with that immortality which is a immortal state of consciousness in that state seers can exist there is quite likely there are some seers or mahatmas who continue to live uh, and guide mother herself says that you know uh, it was very easy immortality both of us could easily enter into that state of consciousness but the final conquest over matter can only come when we understand what is the deathless state and she speaks of that the deathless state she says normally body also has a mechanism of uh, not immortality but quasi immortality cells keep on changing they mutate bring out new cells then the old ones die so this is the way it continues so there is a constant change which is taking place uh, in the cells but as we advance the soul grows um, it becomes more and more difficult for the mind and heart and especially the body to follow this movement it cannot it begins to fall backwards that's why sometimes this tremendous intensity of aspiration you look at swami vivekananda he um, at 39 he left his body what an intensity of aspiration in 39 he did what people don't do in 39 lives probably and that's because that intensity and targeted laser guided missile did his work and went back so this is um, uh, it becomes difficult for the body to follow the movement of the progression that's why some people who uh, do all kinds of things um, there used to be a politician sometime back who died at 99 
and i used to say this uh, jokingly because people say oh somebody has lived so long he must be a great sadhak i said no there is another one next door he wears dark glasses does everything possible in the world which you are not supposed to do and he died at 99 why because the body and mind are all in sync there is no discomfort there is no inability to bear they are everything is in sync but when we begin to progress then there is a pressure on the mind and heart and the body to progress and if it doesn't then there will be a crash landing that's why the mother we see that before the supramental manifestation the amount of time she invested in the playground she would go there and she said you must uh, do this regular physical workout so that the body cells the body consciousness can begin to open and become ready to receive swami vivekananda put it like this that we need nerves of steel and uh, he often would say it's not enough to read the gita must play football because otherwise if the body is not ready to bear that shakti it will break down so this comes this is beautifully typified and why the body doesn't move because behind the body is the subconscious it puts it in a cage it doesn't allow the body to move forward it's not that they don't it doesn't want to move forward it's a docile instrument but subconscious will bind it by habit will not allow it to move so it is uh, holds it this is there in the legend of indra and ritrasur it's an amazing legend again because ritrasur in different stories if you read the rigveda if you read the purana at one point you will see him as a asura at another point you will see him as a fallen god which is more likely because you know he is more likely to be a fallen god he becomes um one of the forces which is uh, shown as a huge python who covers the city and drowns it in water he holds all the waters and indra has to slay ratrasur but ratrasur has all the impossible boons with him and many gods even are also there you know supporting till finally you know uh, like the angiras and the cows legion which we just shared couple of days back uh, it has to be slain by a um, by again by something which is neither made of metal or wood or etc and uh, that weapon uh, indra makes from the bones of rishi dadichi he allows his body because he has accumulated that tapas by his that energy of tapas so he renounces realization in his own body to help humanity move forward it's story just like shobindo of course shobindo is at a much higher and ultimate level and with that weapon vajra he slays uh, this asura and then all the waters are released so the last bit which is the battle in the physical it's not just the physical it is the subconscious habit and if you look at the mother's yoga of the cells repeatedly that's why she was doing it for us even otherwise mother's mission was complete in 1956 she could have just allowed time to unfold and 1000 years 2000 years ultimately supermind is bound to conquer but she wanted to make it easy for us after all mother <laughs> so she took the yoga of the cells and it's amazing how she says she speaks to the group of cells and they speak to her at one point she says what does it matter uh, you know it's it's fine it doesn't matter if they um go into back into the universal pool or if they to the extent they are transformed then they start impleading to her imploring no 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 we want we are good guys you know we want to change please that's why she held on to the body and you know at one place she says if you think i am here in this body because i am attached you are mistaken some people 
thought like that and she was constantly because she didn't want any cells which had even the little aspiration to be left behind because she is mother and of course in the final act whatever could be was integrated into the physical transformation and the rest was left behind uh, this is another part of the story and we need not get into it right now though i have shared my thoughts on it in other places what happened on 17 november but essentially this is a long process organ after organ so this is another kind of organ replacement not the organ replacement of okay my knee i will implant a knee my heart heart transplant no it's another kind of transplant and it is a process so when the mind is being transplanted uh, so or the head is being transplanted one can develop various kinds of uh, symptoms physical symptoms giddiness headache depending on the resistance is wobbling of the head again please quote unquote don't quote me in, you know that uh, otherwise uh, medical degree will be in geopathy okay there are medical causes also so please under with caution <laughs> but it happens the nervous system cannot take it she speaks about what is called as parkinsonism how the different parts become autonomous then the heart heart can start throwing up with palpitations increased heartbeats all kinds of things blankness is in the mind all this can happen because the light and the power is working of course the line between deluding oneself about physical transformation and the real thing is thin but what is important is for us it's very easy we have to keep offering whatever is happening but it's good to understand how it is going to eventually happen and one has to go through this process when different parts of of our body and being will uh, go through what may look like an abnormality of function because they are being changed and eventually the change will take place so it is like an organ transplantation inside yeah, and uh, i use the word because people say oh human beings will discover immortality by organ transplantation so or by artificial intelligence so artificial intelligence i say uh, not by artificial intelligence but by divine intelligence with artificial intelligence they are more likely to destroy each other but with divine i mean nothing wrong with artificial intelligence everything can be integrated into the new life but transformation and the conquest of a death will not come through that that will come through divine intelligence and as it acts through the different layers it will change um, the way we think the way we feel the way we experience life and eventually the physical transmutation i am running short of time i had number of passages but i'll read only one passage which is about the actual conquest over death um the last bit is very powerful and we'll just read that it's um, where is it here it is yeah yeah so this is um, of course book 10 canto 4 so this whole process of transformation is uh, and all that we have been speaking of has been given in just about a page or two so this death death is what it is the denial of this possibility denial of divinization of life not the possibility of physical immortality but the possibility that divine manifestation can take place in matter on a physical basis death denies and how it starts it starts by denial of divine itself there is no divine forget about divinizing matter then doubts maybe there is maybe there is not then it concedes 
yes 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 there is divine somewhere in the high heavens but he is not bothered about you know he is uh, beyond all your strivings your pantings of the heart he doesn't care about human love human grief if you want go go there it plays all kinds of game it brings despair it it will not allow till the last minute it doesn't concede what it finally concedes to power but look at it in savitri power is revealed to death in the end again first comes knowledge so we have ribhus the artisans the knowledge must come it must build in the brain the thought it must build in the heart the ideal feelings the the love the sweetness the ananda must come here be experienced here it must build the nerves make them nerves of steel it must build in the body passages and grooves for the power to come in that power is the supramental truth which will which he brings and gives to man and to make this process safe uh, of course vedic rishis tried we don't know how far they succeeded obviously the physical transformation did not take place that is evident otherwise uh, you know it, it is by nature a collective process to start with it cannot be one person because uh, uh, it is about undoing a habit in the cells it's like a species we never hear about one fish changing into uh, you know the tadpole or the salamander we don't hear about one monkey suddenly changing into a man we hear about the 100th monkey and a time comes when suddenly after the 100th monkey number of little gorillas suddenly start speaking aw and you know eventually om that's how it starts uh, in different places so here also this will be like this there'll be groups of human beings who are aspiring maybe few as mother saw in a vision some people see saw in the ashram some elsewhere different places no one place or uh, geographical location can uh, claim that you know uh, it is to us maybe few in oroville maybe few in ashram maybe few here there everywhere maybe somebody uh, just relaxing in honolulu who knows you know aspiration is not confined and when this happens uh, a time will come when uh, the 100th man Uh, is ready and when so that's what should be the meant by saying 100 disciples people took it very literally saying oh now we have so many thousand it's not <laughs> it's that 100 person in whom the aspiration has reached that point and that's what she says that deathless state cannot come because human physical body cannot hold the intensity of aspiration and love which bring the transformation and that we all know how after a while um we just cannot the old subconscious strings pull us back or simply as he describes as fades a day or simply because we get tired and or very simply the mobile is on and you feel that you know some near and dear one is calling hundred ways of getting pulled back because it's very difficult to sustain this intensity of aspiration even if no one is there people often think that by shutting themselves off from work and world they can carry on yoga it's a delusion very simply nobody can continuously meditate it's impossible so what will happen sometime you will meditate after that empty mind is a devil's workshop so you will be meditating and become a saintly person if at all for half an hour and 23 hours you will be like a little devil who is jumping so work is the purifier that's why the balance is required to try thinking oh sure bindo was uh, inside and were yoga is all inside yes inside it is inside but this inside is not excluded from outside that's why he speaks about 
uh, an all-inclusive uh, path where you pick up work but do it with the inner state, getting rid of the ego and self and doership. It's the, the whole path of yoga. We are all aware of that. Uh, so it tries to pull till the last moment and slowly knowledge dawns. So just like the Ribu is building, we see death is getting transformed step by step by step. Ultimately, it says, okay, I'm convinced, but show me your power. That's the penultimate stage. That's when the descending force, it begins to enter into the system. And what it does, uh, death has to eventually go, but it, it uh, doesn't give up so easily. So that's part we'll read, page 666. The last line, 666. It's, it's a interesting number. <laughs> I want to say whose number it is. But now Savitri has immortalized it. Because that's the place when Savitri tells death who you are. You have served my purpose. Death is the spur towards immortality. Look at it. Because death is there, man seeks immortality. We are not satisfied with comfort zone. We want to build, create all things because death is there. Other is the mystery. So she, she reveals to death. Thou art his par, not the last line now, a little above. Thou art my shadow and my instrument. I have given thee thy awful shape of dread and the sharp sword of terror and grief and pain to force the soul of man to struggle for light. On page 666, it's somewhere on the middle. On the brevity of his half-conscious days. She is revealing now the secret. It's not there. Even, you know, Vedas speak of Indra and Dhritra and all these, but they don't reveal this, this deeper secret. There are hints, as I said, Purvadeva and all, but Thou art his spur to greatness in his works. The first one which, you know, we spoke about Gilgamesh. Uh, because death is there, we want to uh, create something. And if we can do nothing, at least have a child who will carry our name. Now children are all feeling us. And thanks to them that we are looking elsewhere. Gilgamesh time is over. We have to look for. And why not? You know, they have to discover their own life. They can't be just our extensions. They whip to his yearning for eternal bliss. If we are satisfied with children and grandchildren, forget about immortality. So <laughs> death is a whip to lead us towards that state. His poignant need of immortality. Live, death, a while, be still my instrument. So it's very clear that, you know, she has one in principle. There are more and more souls who will be released. But for the moment, it has also to do its job. He's doing a good job. You know, she is giving him some marks for that. One day, man, too shall know thy fathomless heart of silence and the brooding peace of night. And grave obedience to eternal law. Krishna is wearing the mask of death. We were reading yesterday. But now, O timeless mightiness, stand aside and leave the path of my incarnate force. It's through and through the divine mother alone that the conquest will come. It's very clearly indicated in Savitri. You can't do the yoga. Okay, Vedic Rishis did. I'll invoke Varibhus through the mantras. All these stories we can understand and know the mantras. But the mandate is now with the mother, the incarnate force. Relieve the radiant God from thy black mask 
release the soul of the world called satyavan freed from the clutch of pain and ignorance that he may stand master of life and fate so victory over death is the physical death is the final sign of complete mastery over all the forces the final victory of spirit over matter other than that there is a victory where you stay calm inside you have discovered the consciousness of immortality and the mother speaks of that in savitri when savitri says oh death i have won over you why because i am not afraid and i don't tremble inside because i have discovered my immortality but um, that's not it so death resists he tries to stand his ground so we have to face this resistance of the inconscient and the way is to open more and more to her then a time comes when the two opposed each other face to face next page 667 and after 5 6 lines his being like a huge fort of darkness towered around it her light grew an ocean siege people often ask me what is the difference between yoga in the world and yoga here in space like ashram and oroville so i say yes both are there the world is everywhere the divine is everywhere and uh, if you want to call it the inconscient the darkness is everywhere but the difference is there the divine is hidden inside pressing to emerge you are surrounded by darkness here the darkness is confined all around is light pushing the darkness so it's intolerable it's very difficult that's the difference he has created a field like that a while the shade survive defying heaven so we should not give up we have to endure with faith it may look for some time that nothing is happening but something is happening like the chick inside the egg assailing in front oppressing from above it'll try all its tricks to you know bring doubts and everything but we have to go through that a concrete mass of conscious power he bore the tyranny of a divine desire the divine touch is felt as tyranny and something like intolerance so you know originally intolerance is with the divine so you know we we can't say <laughs> a pressure of intolerable force weighed on his unbowed head and stubborn breast you know it leads to lot of reactions in people uh, some people develop stone like resistance some people develop weird ideas no we don't need to go to samadhi in ashram there are people because when you go you feel that tremendous pressure oh god is inside yes but that's not how you are going to discover samadhi samadhi something very concrete it's an extra help of course he is inside but if that was the only truth there was no need for samadhi shobindo may have well have said well you don't need to worship a body but mother has said the material envelope for master it's something like a radiant yagnavedi niruddha has put it so beautifully it's like a thousand tongues of fire which are leaping from it so all kinds of tricks it plays and then what happens light like a burning tongue licked up his thoughts see the mind all doubts vanish and then light was a luminous torture in his heart vidyanti hridgranti shidyanti sarvasanseya all the doubts vanish from the heart and the heart becomes a wide and plastic vessel so we come back to this last part of deathless state she says what is needed is wideness plasticity and strength so she says then only you can contain this uh, ananda this love and this aspiration so when it increases aspiration increases and we can't bear it we must make the patram wide upgraded version if we instead become more and more narrow in the idea that we must become now advanced sadhak so advanced sadhak means he is confined to a room doesn't see anyone 
Now that's dangerous sadhak because he is shutting inside an ego and thinking that he is… Instead we have to widen, so wide that we see the divine everywhere. Vasudevam Sarvamiti Samahatmacha Durlabha. That's how Shravindo's yoga of transformation starts. That's the fundamental truth. So, luminous torture in the heart, in his heart. Light coursed a splendid agony through his nerves. So next time the nerves pain, please don't blame it on vitamin B12 and the latest fad vitamin D. Please take a course of divine love and a little sip of the draught of Ananda and uh, must okay, the nerves will after some time, they'll say, this fellow is not getting affected by my pains. <laughs> so he leave us. That, that's he resist for a long time. His darkness muttered, perishing in her blaze. Her mastering word commanded every limb, the vibration, the word, the speech, the power. That's why reading Savitri is to do yoga, the mastering word. And left no room for his enormous will that seemed pushed out into some helpless space and could no more re-enter but left him void. But there is still a but. It tries to call. Call back the night, the forbidden joys, old ways, old consciousness, some pretext or the other. So what he does next? He called to night, but she fell shuddering back. He called to hell, but sullenly it retired. It will try its tricks. So it begins to draw from the subconscious and the inconscient to topple. But we have to just walk with endurance and faith. He turned to the subconscious for support from which he was born, his vast sustaining self. It drew him back towards boundless vacancy. As if by himself to swallow up himself, he called to his strength, but it refused his call. Everybody knows that how in this yoga, things which seemed so natural become impossible at a point of time. Only we should not say, ah, now I am out of it. <laughs> that is boasting. But it becomes impossible because that's how the grace works. Uh, his strength fails, the strength of darkness. His body was eaten up by light, his spirit devoured. At last, he knew defeat inevitable and left crumbling the shape that he had worn, abandoning hope to make man's soul his prey, and forced to be mortal the immortal spirit. Afar he fled, shunning her dreadful touch, and refuge took in the retreating night. So we'll stop here. Sorry, it just flew. But I think no questions because this session is not, I mean, <laughs> the time is over, not anything else. I think just let's live in this meditative spirit of Savitri. Thank you so much.